whether you're just starting out of high school or college, the biggest piece of advice I could give is intern or take on a position where you're just an assistant and you just get to listen, you know, even if you don't even know what you want to do exactly, just by listening and taking in that information, you'll come to a lot of conclusions. Welcome to Pro Trade Crafts Career Toolbox. I'm Fernando Bajes and I'm here to help you turn your day job into a career. Today we have two guests on the Career Toolbox and I'm hoping you will relate to them both in their 20s and both feel passionate about construction. And yet they follow two very different but equally cool career paths. Joining us on this podcast, Bridget Slater, 23, lives in Las Vegas, Nevada with a degree in construction management. She's a realtor and operations manager for Luxus Design Build. She's passionate about the construction industry because it's a lucrative industry that provides a future. Addison is a young and extremely talented carpenter. I don't know his age, but testament to his considerable talent, right out of high school, he caught the eye of the legendary builder and educator, Mike Gurdon. If you read construction magazines or attend trade shows, you know Mike. He's the tall, thin, affable, bearded guy teaching proper construction techniques. Today... Addison's work with Mike involves more than tool bags. Although he wears them every day, his work also involves video cameras and mics, scripts and movie movie sets, as Addison is becoming a media celebrity in his own right, and I think you'll hear that. Both of today's guests illustrate that when you do what you love with love, there's many roads to becoming a rock star. Bridget and Addison, it's a pleasure to welcome you to the Pro Tradecraft Career Toolbox. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Both of you have hit it really quickly, like just out of the park, looking over your uh, your resumes, if you will. Uh, I'm just really, really impressed with what you've, what you've done. But let's start with you, Addison. You have followed up a path uh, that builders used to follow with a trade school background and an apprenticeship, but with a twist. Uh, you discovered uh, the trades in high school. Uh, and I think a little bit because of your personality that wasn't too keen on the book work and more keen on doing things, and then graduated to um, to a superstar apprenticeship with Mike Gurton. He's not just a legendary contractor, but a dedicated instructor. So tell us a little bit about this relationship, how it began, and what it's like for you to work with Mike. Yeah, uh, like you had just mentioned, I uh, I wasn't so great at school. So I, my, one of my buddies who was in the program, he was a couple years older than me, he had suggested that I should go into the carpentry program and I would really like the teachers and the structure of the class. So I, I took that program and my senior year of school, uh, my teacher brought out a certain select of us to go out to Mike Gurton, which he was doing the fine home building at the time. And that was like a high, uh, like a high building practice area where, I mean, if you really were dedicated and you really wanted to be there, not just skipping class just to get out of class, you would go there and try to like really lock in and learn. And I just really connected with Mike. And right after I graduated, I, I used to message Mike on email. And I said, hey, I live down the street. I would love to come by and learn some more. I, I know you have plenty of work, so I'm definitely interested. That's terrific. So he gave you a job or did he just come and volunteer? What? Uh, how did that work? Well, my whole senior year, we were working with Mike. Mm-hmm. And we would go every day. We would I would do half half the day at school, and the other half we would go to his house for like about three hours every day. 
and he would just he would just set up like you know four or five of my classmates uh, we would be in little groups like three or four different groups and the three of us students would tackle a project that he had set up for us all the instructions all the material and like i said i just i really liked it so i was working with a different company at the time and i just wasn't really liking it so i ended up leaving that job and i asked mike one day uh, like a saturday i said hey do you have any work today i would love to come by and he just he just kind of set me up and we figured out a little plan he and then he eventually hired me uh, he just let me stick around and i ended up being there every day i just was always engaged always wanted to be there that's terrific now bridget your path was a little different tell us a little bit about your introduction to the construction industry and how on earth you climbed the ladder so quickly <laughs> um well you know i started out probably when i was about age seven to 13 i actually got to walk the job sites with my dad he has his own ornamental iron business so i mean he was designing and building uh portica shears and gates and staircases and chandeliers, you name it, in these multi-million dollar homes. And how he got away with bringing like a literal kid onto the job site, I'm not sure. I guess OSHA just wasn't a thing. Um, but I got to walk the job sites with him sometimes, and I just absolutely loved it. I just fell in love with construction and the custom homes. And so I didn't really think about it too much, though, until about my senior year of high school when I was like, okay, what am I going to do with my life? And I was bouncing back and forth between a few other fields, and I really liked project management. And that's such a broad, you know, um, occupation. So I was going back and forth between video productions and journalism. And then I was like, you know what? I, I think I really like construction, though. I think that's what I'm going to do because it just seemed the most practical. Um, you know, my dad was already in the field, so I was like, even though I don't particularly know what I want to do in the field, I know he has connections and I can, you know, figure it out from there. So I was really lucky in that sense to be able to have a dad that, you know, I could, I could work through. So, um, yeah, I went to the community college right out of high school and did my uh, two year associate's degree in construction management. And while I was going to school, I was working with my dad and he didn't really know what to do with me. So he was like, uh, just go to these meetings for me. And it was a, mm -hmm. a design build firm he was doing work for. And they had weekly construction meetings for each of their projects. And he was doing like three of their projects. So um, I went to those weekly meetings and I sat there for two hours and just, just picture like a 40 foot construction trailer with like 30, you know, middle-aged men. And then like this one tall blonde girl, like in the <laughs> back. <laughs> I was just um, there to represent my dad, you know, and but I learned so much uh, while I was in those meetings. And so I, I eventually went up to the design build firm and I was like, hey, if you ever need an assistant or anything, like I'm working with my dad right now, but I'm looking to branch out. And about six months later, they called me and I started as a, an assistant to the president of construction, which looking back, that was like the best decision ever, because if you want to start out in this field, number one thing, be an assistant. It's mm. okay. if You're just pushing papers. It's okay. If you're just handing tools to the, you know, the main guy, like that's where you learn the most. Um, so yeah, I started that there, got to like purchasing agent. Then they made me a director of pre-construction of sorts. And then I just recently hopped over to a new design build firm and we're kind of bringing up, bringing that up out of the ground. Uh, 
right now it's an, an architect turned builder. So now I'm a builder living in an architect's world. It's very different. But so you, yeah. so you had a kind of apprenticeship too, like, uh, like, like Addison, you, you, you began as a, as a helper and because you were interested in all, it was a good, good position. Now, Addison, you have some family background in construction too. Uh, no, actually none of my family was really in construction. Just, uh, my house was getting renovated when I was a small child. My, my family decided to do an addition at the time. Mm-hmm. So I kind I kind of grew up with, you know, no roof. I had a big tarp on my roof cause we went up a story. So, and then all my, I had a, a staircase put getting put in. So I had all the stringers that were just raw, like no steps on them. So I'd be crawling all over those as a child. <laughs> Like in in middle school, thinking it was a gymnastics area, you know, and that opened my eyes. Like, wow, like these carpenters, they get to crawl all over the ladders and all up and down, you know, kind of opened my eyes. Like, kind of have a little fun in this field. You actually grew up in a construction site. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, as many young people today don't think of construction as something that's cool. They want to become like programmers or something like that. Uh, but your work with Mike is not just nailing boards together. There are media aspects, live events, writing, podcasts, all of the stuff that takes you off the job site and puts you in another element, the professional world. What right. strengths or weaknesses do you see in your fellow carpenters that can hold them back from graduating to a professional level or, or help them towards it? Um, most kids are just shy. They feel like they're they're young. They don't like they're not going to fit in in a way. A lot of kids in my class, like I said, they they seemed shy. Like they didn't want to dive right in or they felt like they were doing it wrong the whole time. They felt they needed to follow someone. Like when they worked with our teacher, they would be like, okay, the second they got told like, okay, go over there, frame up this wall. You know, people just felt like they couldn't do it, even though you just got to have a little confidence because I mean, we all sat behind the desk. I mean, we all listened. We, we, we all should have listened anyway. I mean, it, you just got to practice. I mean, that's the whole, like, like uh, someone had said, you, you got to be an apprentice. You got to learn. You got to actually follow behind someone and just watch and got to keep doing it before you actually become a master. Not so be I'm, afraid to try and to learn. Exactly. A lot of people are just scared. They're scared to do something wrong. They're scared that they're not going to be what people are looking for. And, they, you know, they're just afraid to put themselves out there. Now, Bridget, in your experience on the job site, what traits, characteristics, or behaviors do you see lacking in some or maybe many of the nail bag people that hold them back from like developing a career? What advice would you give folks that want to grow to be successful professionals someday? Um, you know, kind of like what Addison was saying about listening, I think whether you're just starting out of high school or out of college, in any field or industry really, I think especially nowadays with our generation, it's like people just want to go straight into a position that has responsibility because, you know, that equals the bigger salary. And it's like the biggest piece of advice I could give is intern or, you know, take on a position where you're just an assistant and you just get to listen because that is where, you know, even if you don't even know what you want to do exactly, just by listening and taking in that information, you'll come to a lot of conclusions. And um, especially just anyone in the construction industry, everyone has big egos and they think, oh, I know it all, I know it all. And it's, no, you don't. How about you just you just listen to everyone else and be willing to work with everyone else too. Um, you get a lot done that way. Yeah, open to learning, like Addison said. 
Now, Addison, you, you maybe kind of answered this question, but I've heard you speak about the physical or even athletic aspects of building uh, versus, you know, office work and how important it is to you, this real, real world, 3D aspect of building things that you can look at at the end of the day in contrast with something much less tangible like programming. Tell me a little bit about that experience for you, what that means, that athleticism and that, uh, and, and that you know, honest reality of the work yeah uh, like i had mentioned before even growing up i was always seeing these guys coming in carrying things up and down ladders to get up on my on my new floor that we were adding to my house and i was just like wow like it's a big it's a big gymnasium for all of us it's a big jungle gym it's like i get to play on a playground all the time growing up and it definitely works you out i mean you go to you go to work some days and it's it's pretty cold out because we live in the east coast you get some snow some days, so you throw in a couple jackets, a couple shirts. But, I mean, during the middle of the day, you, you end up pulling all those layers off. You strip them all back because you're carrying shingles. You're moving two-by-fours over from the driveway to your cutting station. You, you're, you're always moving. You're always walking. A lot of people don't realize how big you actually walking affects a carpenter. I mean, they think mm-hmm. that you're just sitting in one area, but you're, you're always walking to the truck to get more nails, to get the lumber, to go upstairs to get this, plug in. It's 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 a definite workout. It's A lot of people don't realize how much you actually move and how much you strain your body. It's not like mm-hmm. you're just lifting weights at the gym doing a repetitive movement. You're actually lifting things over your head, holding it there as you're trying to nail it in. It, it's definitely, it definitely strains some of body parts that you're not usually working so it, it definitely keeps you on your toes to kind of stay limber you kind of don't want to be out of shape so then it's going to affect your working ethic interesting you describe it uh, very much like a training program almost you get your ten thousand steps in every day <laughs> yeah exactly it, it makes me feel great though i wake up and i'm happy to go to work i'm outside every day it's it's I mean, some days I said are cold, other days might be raining, but then you get the beautiful sunny days where it's just the right temperature, you're in a t-shirt, it's, you know, it's it's awesome being outside constantly, constantly working with your hands, it's, it's great. You talked also about the pride you feel when looking at something that you've constructed, uh, you know, standing there, <laughs> you know, it's, it, and everybody can see it, uh, tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, especially working with Mike. I mean, he always he always pushes my limits or what I think are my limits. And even in high school, he wanted me to do the stairs, all the, the treads and the risers in the pro home, which I knew it was going to be featured in a magazine. And that was one of my first projects he had me do for him when I first started working with him. And it's a pretty tedious project being a finished worker. So I was really nervous that I was going to screw something up and maybe, you know, cut the stair a little too short. We We just had enough lumber to do all the stairs. So I, but I mean, he had confidence in me. So just take your time. I'm not in any rush. And you, you, when you stand back, I mean, you're just like, wow, I really did that. Like it, it just blows your mind. I mean, you show pe- like people some of the projects that you do and they're like, what you did that? Like, no, no way. Like they just, a lot of people don't realize, I mean, two, three, four guys sometimes build a huge house that you live mm-hmm. in every single day. And it just goes right over some people's head how much work and time it goes into doing all that. Cool. <laughs> now, Bridget, you, you've plunged into every aspect of the industry, management, real estate, contracting. What do you like best? Uh, definitely the contracting. <laughs> I mean, if you're looking for something to do the least amount of work with the biggest return, I would 
advise you to go into real estate. Not saying you don't do work, you still do work, but the biggest return. But satisfaction wise, I love the building industry. I love the contracting part of it because like Addison, I just get this amazing sense of satisfaction looking at something that we all came together and built. And it's so tangible. Like, that's what I tell people when they're like, why construction? I'm like, it's so tangible. You can see and feel and touch your hard work, basically. So, but it's different for everyone. You know, now I'm in an architecture office where, you know, we're building, but I work with mostly architects when I'm in the office. And they get, at a, uh, they get a satisfaction out of just having a complete set of plans and they don't necessarily have to see it built like the rendering do it for them so i mean it's different for everyone i was actually i went to an aia awards event uh with them just as a side note and they actually had a category for you know like best designed project not built and i was like (laughs) wait wait but anyone can draw anything like in my eyes it has to be built so um, I just thought that was funny. But yeah, it's, it's the tangible part of it. Um, the real estate, I really just got the real estate license to add to uh, the contractor's license that I have um, because it, it all plays a role. Usually when clients come to us, they already have a lot and they haven't even spoken to a builder or an architect yet. And they're like, yeah, we got this great lot. Well, guess what? Real estate agents really don't know jack about construction or architecture. Or we, we go out to their lot and we're like, uh, do you have a soils report? Because there looks like there's a lot of caliche out here. And like, they end up realizing that had they talked to someone with knowledge mm-hmm. about the design build process, they probably would have gotten you know a different lot. So I really just wanted to get the real estate license to add to um to add to that, not just, you know, to go out and also sell homes. So yeah, every aspect is fun. I love working with people and it's really about the communication for me. I'll be the first to tell you I've never swung a hammer in my life, but I, I think there's makers versus managers, Mm -hmm. right? So some people are really, really good at making and some people are good at managing. One is not better than the other. I think to be a successful company, you need a good amount of both. Personally, I just think as long as I have the willingness to learn what it takes to frame a house, not necessarily know how to frame a house, but I need to know, you know, what you're going to need, how much time is it going to take, what access do you need to the job site type of thing for every trade, I think I can manage pretty well. Um, so I know some people would disagree with me, but yeah, that's just my perspective on things. So the real estate license and some of that is kind of part of your education, if you will. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I had to go to school, um, out here in Nevada, you have to do 90 hours of schooling. So I went to school for that. Um, uh, same with the contractor's license. Uh, I had to study for a few months before I actually took the test and all of that. Um, so I don't actually use my license full time. You know, I, I work for this design build firm, but, uh, side projects and whatnot. That's why I have my own contractor's license. But me and my dad did that together. He's like, I don't know how to take tests that well. I'm like, well, if there's one thing college taught me, it's how to take a test. (laughs) Skill in itself, isn't it? Addison, uh, as a maker, I like that description. Uh, describe your typical work day and how you feel about your tools. I mean, it all depends. I mean, that's that's what I really like about it is the diversity of the job. I mean, it's not like I'm showing up to the same building at the same office every day. 
I like how right now uh, I'm actually working on a deck with Mike. Uh, he had built this deck a while ago, and it's kind of a little remodel. We're doing the gutter system, and we're doing all the decking on it, and the railing system, we're putting cable railing on it. And we've been doing that for maybe like this last month. But the month before that, I was all inside remodeling a, a bathroom inside of a nice clean basement, you know, all new construction. And the last home that he just built, we were just taking down some drywall and redoing some plumbing. So I got to do a little more background in that, which, you know, I mean, not every carpenter gets to play with plumbing, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you work for a, for a full-time contractor that just has you strictly doing framing, per se. Um, so, you know, I kind of get a little bit of verity in my job, which is awesome. I get to, I kind you know, you do some framing one day, then you're outside for, you know, the whole next month doing decks or, you know, even doing uh, actual property work. I mean, Mike has me doing some of his property work, you know, going around mulching, chain, uh, cutting down some trees that might be too close to the house because he had one fall on the house and, and it crushed with a hip of a roof that we just mm. got done re-roofing. So, I mean, like I said, I mean, it's, it's endless. I mean, you sometimes you think everything's perfect. You just did a job, and then Mother Nature comes over and creates a whole other project for you at that's a job that, that you thought was already done. You that, know? That's becoming more and more commonplace, isn't it? What, what about you, Bridget? Uh, you use some tools, too. Why don't you tell us about your workday and the toolbox you employ? Uh, so my tools are probably a little different. Um one tool that I have found the most useful that I use every single day is a program called Co-Construct. So um, my main role within the company is to create budgets during the design process. And so that way, when we get to, you know, it's in the, the plans are in the building department, I can sit down with the client and say, look, this is the budget we've been creating collaboratively for the last, you know, few weeks. And here's the construction contract. Sign this. Let's go. Like, I'm so glad that the technology is finally starting to hit the construction industry. Because if you think about it, we've been doing the same thing, the same way for like the last, you know, how many ever years. But now technology is starting to infiltrate the industry and it's coming out in ways of like, you know, project management, um, uh, in project management softwares. Mm-hmm. And so Construct is great because it's really built for design build firms. And uh, I build all my budgets in there, my construction schedules. I can talk to the clients through there. Um, I can allow them to see certain things, allow my team members to see certain things. Uh, so I'm on that all the time. I say that would be my number one tool uh, that I use throughout the day. Your number one tool is a computer program. I'm familiar with it, by the way. I've, I've used Co-Construct for, I, I use it for a number of years. Now, for both of you, and feel free to talk over one another in uh, parting words, um, in, and in any order that whoever feels inspired to speak can speak up, what would you say to listeners of your age about the construction industry, and would you recommend that they get into it, and why? You can go ahead, Addison. <laughs> Um, I would just mainly say the, I mean, the industry is always changing. I mean, guys that are in the industry now are getting older and they're looking for help. They're looking for people to, to give their knowledge that they've been carrying. And I mean, especially someone like Mike, they're so open to talking to people over social media and just getting new ideas from others. And I mean, that's what I love. I love just getting as much information as I can from him. And he's so interested in all the new products that are coming out 
which that's what I'm talking about. I mean, this trade is not, it's not getting old. It's not repetitive. I mean, you're always faced with new challenges, new projects, new, like new products all the time. And it's definitely something that is fun to get into. It's, it's keeping you on your toes. It keeps you healthy. You're always learning and guys are always looking for help. And I, I just feel like there's not enough younger people interested. Like you had said, so, how's the pay? Uh, excellent. I mean, especially if you're dedicated to the job. I mean, you saw me. I was out in Vegas uh, for almost a whole month. I was doing a trade show with Mike, and then another company asked if I wanted to work with them if I, since I was already out there. So I went and did another trade show. And, I mean, I've paid for the hotel, my flights, your food, and you just hang out in Vegas somewhere that you're not normally living, and you get to just work and hang out with all people that are interested in all the same things as you so you have really good conversations like this one so i mean it's just it's it's endless i i just wish more of my buddies were actually into it i wish more people younger were into it seems like a dying dying trade kind of well not if not with your energy it won't be yeah wow. i mean as much as i preach it i mean it's sad to say even my buddies hate to hear it i mean they they all talk like they would love to do it but at the end of the day no one wants to go out and work in the snow or in the rain no one wants to go out and work the long hours but i mean if you really are willing to go out and learn some stuff and be kind of challenged every day it's it's perfect i mean it's not going to wendy's making the same burger over and over and over you know it's it, you get challenged it's it's something fun what about you, Bridget? You don't spend much time in the snow, do you? Oh, no. I would not survive <laughs> in the snow. I can do 120 degrees, but I can't do snow. But um, I guess the what I would say is, you know, everything is a supply and demand. So right now, there might seem like a lot of demand for programmers and whatnot, but construction's not running out. Like construction's not going to stop. We're never going to stop building things. And with all the political stuff going on and whatnot, you know, I think eventually we're going to need people, the physical hands-on type of people to be out there constructing uh, the homes or whatnot. That's going to be in demand. And I think uh, there's a a preconceived notion that, you know, you enter the construction industry and you kind of like peak out at like $15 an hour or whatever, but it's like the construction industry is so broad. There's so much in it. And it's like one of those industries where it's very tight knit within your community. So even if you start somewhere, like you're not going to end there. Like you just get to know people and you get to know the different aspects of the industry. And then you just start moving around and finding what works for you. But Exactly. So it, it's not just, you know, one thing. It's it's a multitude of things, and there's so much about it. And like Addison was saying, the new the new products. I mean, there's just so much potential coming for uh, construction that I think it's a shame. I only know two people my age that are in construction. One is an electrician, and the other is is he doing i think he's doing mechanical but it's like man there's nobody it is a shame because you look around and you see so many people complaining about how they don't get satisfaction out of their jobs and yet they're not willing to try something new and it's not pushed by the schools it's not pushed by the schools because we're still being force-fed this idea that you have to go to college right after high school and a lot of times the construction industry you don't need to go to college 
in order to become successful. So therefore it's not being pushed as much. And I think that's a problem. I'm, I'm glad that Addison, you went to a trade school because we don't have any trade schools here in Vegas when it comes to construction. And that's one of my goals in life is to start a trade school because it's so important and we don't have one out here yet. So yeah. So young people should definitely go into the construction industry. It's super lucrative. Glad to hear you say it. I was very glad to hear you say you can start here, but you're not stuck there. <laughs> and you can find your uh, inner way into design. You can find your way into project management. You can find your way into, uh, you want to work indoors all the time and you become an electrician or you want to, right. you know, there's, right. there's so many options. That I was really, really glad to hear you guys speak to that. I came into this interview today feeling like, you know, it's a dying industry. And I leave the interview feeling very hopeful. I kind of get that feeling from both of you, like the opportunity to do this is great. And on top of it, like Bridget said, man, it's pretty darn lucrative right from the start. Oh, so. man. You don't even want to know how much we're paying our stucco guys. You're like 25 bucks an hour to put chicken wire on the side of a house, you know, like in Vegas. It's booming. So Right, it and is. it's endless. It is endless. You like you had said, even if it is, even if you do start out at fifteen dollars an hour, I mean, you don't have to stay at that company forever. You work somewhere, you get an idea of what you kind of like more. You could be an electrician, you could be a plumber, you can be a carpenter, and just do finish work. So you're still just inside, but working with wood. And I mean, the the price all varies everywhere you go. It's endless, so endless. Well, thank you so much. Unfortunately, this podcast is not endless, but I appreciate so much <laughs> both of your participation. I really, really, really in, in, enjoyed it. You're both very eloquent, very smart, and inspiring. Thank you. Yep. Thank you for having us. Career Toolbox is a production of SGC Horizon Media Network. I'm your host, Fernando Pajes, and the show is produced by Dan Morrison. <laughs>